0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs,
1: this is the Locked
0: on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. This is the week of the game of the year at this point. And we're going to take a deep look into what's going to happen, what could happen, what won't happen. Uh, and we're lucky enough to have Matt Derek here with us pregame. How are you, Matt?
1: Not bad. How are you guys going doing today? Oh, eagerly awaiting, right? Exactly. It's, this is going to be a big one.
2: It should be hey, a good folks, game. It's weird because so. it's a red Monday, but uh, it'll
1: be a white Monday.
2: That's true. It really is
0: going to be a white Monday,
2: but it can should I be a good say, game.
0: Can I just say that I think Andy Reid's funny when he talks about the chubby dudes did not vote for the white on white. I did like that.
1: I can understand that, although I'm a chubby dude and I love the white on white. so uh,
0: I'm, I'm with the other ones. I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but you don't have to be on the field in full
1: white-on-white, white, Matt. Well, exactly. I, that's the key difference. But <laughs> I, 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 thought, look, I thought Chris Jones looked pretty good in the promo and everything. The thing well, that I don't actually, think
2: Chris Jones is the one that really cares. But.
1: <laughs> the, the, the thing that actually just kind of fascinates me about this whole thing is that we're acting like they haven't worn white-on-white white in 15 years. It was just two years ago. Now, granted, I don't know why they don't wear the white on white more often, because it's a classic look. It's their best look to me. Fans oh. love it. So I don't know why they, they don't wear it more, but no. we're making a big deal out of it. Not, not the best look ever, no. Oh see, I think it's the best Chiefs look. Oh, come on. So I think Derek Thomas screaming off the edge and white on white. I think Joe Montana, Willie Davis, white on white.
2: Let me ask this: Did they always wear red socks with the white on white uniforms?
1: Uh, you know, I don't think so. I think that they may have done it, you know, a little bit in the past, and you know, way back in the day. I think that's a little bit of a new addition to it, and that, and I think that makes it look good. Anyway, one guy <laughs> who won't
0: be in white on white is Sammy Watkins. Um, it doesn't seem like he's going to be anyway. What's your impression, Matt?
1: I, I, it's a coin flip. Really, it is. Um, we'll, we should know, you know, uh, probably well before game time. If the Chiefs end up, you know, adding a receiver, uh, to that extra roster spot that they have available with Josh Shaw being waived, that will probably tells you a lot right there. Um, but I think they're going to try and go all the way to game time, you know, get him out on the field, see how he feels, even if it's a limited role. Uh, Sammy Watkins just too valuable to this offense. I mean, you know, they, they need, all of those guys and, you know, the, to be operating at peak efficiency. And this is a game where they need everybody. So, you know, I think they're going to do everything. It's Sammy Watkins. I know wants to play in this game too. So that's a part of it as well. Um, but there, I think they will do everything. I can't imagine they're going to pull the plug on Sunday and say, Hey, he's not going to play. I think they're going to go all the way up to game time and say, let's, let's, let's give it a go. Let's see what it is. And if he, if he can play, he can play. If not, he can't.
2: Well, let me ask you real quick. Obviously, Josh Shaw, he played more of a safety role than anything else. So the return of Daniel Sorensen, numbers there, generally speaking, are higher than they usually are. Uh, and you have Frank Zombo coming back, from, uh, coming back healthy as well. Um, I mean, they've been carrying six receivers most years. They only have five right now. Uh, I do think it's probably going to be a wide receiver, but I'm not so certain that this means Watkins won't play
1: yeah it, it, there's no there's i i like I said I think I think they're going to go all the way to the very end with this and try and get him to play because he wants to um yeah, the Josh Shaw thing remember when they signed him, it was when good grieves they had to throw Marcus Kemp out there as a, as an emergency safety in practice yep. just just in case so they've since then they' got Eric Murray back, they've gotten Daniel Sorensen back, so they're fully healthy they've got a lot of safeties on the roster right now, so that's just that's that's the way that is, and yeah, you're right. I mean this group finally getting healthy, I mean we've talked about injuries so often, uh, you know they really only had three guys not practicing this week and and say Watkins is kind of a borderline call, so I'm, they're they're getting to be in you know pretty good shape right now
0: well, if they can't go and they do promote a receiver, I wonder if you know is it somebody that can make a difference given So little matchup, no film or whatever. The guy I'm kind of pulling for is, uh, Gary Dieter. What do you think might be the option there, Matt?
1: Yeah, Dieter seems like the most likely option. Um, you know, Josh Crockett's the other option if they're pulling somebody from practice squad. And and Crockett's got a ton of speed. Um, he's a little bit raw, you know, playing small college and everything. So I think he would be a little bit less likely to be the guy, but you know, and Gary Dieter's, he's, he's familiar. He's been around for a couple of years, so he knows things, but you know, look at what the Chiefs typically do in this situation. I mean, you know, Andy Reid with the way that they spend, uh, you know, dish out the playing time is very conservative with that kind of thing. So I, I don't think that if, if Gary Dieter is brought up, I don't think he's going to play much. I think it's more of an emergency situation. You're going to probably see Tyreek Hill, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson as your three receivers eighty percent of the time uh if you need another extra guy Marcus Kemp's gonna get a few snaps but I'd be surprised if 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 they do activate a fifth receiver I really doubt that 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 player plays much
2: well and to me I have to wonder if whether or not he even dresses um, you know even if Sammy Watkins is out uh, you know you're gonna have what seven guys that don't dress so Uh, I have to wonder if the guys are going to even address um, who knows where they're going to go activation-wise right now. Uh, I do think this is going to be a fantastic game. Um, There are so many things going into this game that, you know, are just so different than normal. I mean, with the game being moved from Mexico City, it's, you know, not necessarily last second, but close to last second when you're talking about the depth of what all has to happen. Uh, It's an interesting situation for both teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, this, I, I mean, I know we'll get into it later and everything, but I think this is going to be a track meet. I will be absolutely stunned if this, and I know I've said this a few times this season, this probably more so than any other. I will be absolutely stunned if this turns into a 17, 14, 1950s drag out war. I mean, that's not what this game's going to be. I mean, I think this game, because of the way that these two teams match up against each other, it's going to be two teams running up and down the field all night long and that's going to be entertaining as on its own.
0: Before we get into the matchup, I do want to talk about one other guy that uh, looks like he's cleared as far as the injury report goes, and my big question is how much impact does he have because I thought what they did in lieu of him actually worked all right, and this is Anthony Hitchens. Does he step right back in? Uh, have you heard, or do you feel like that's what they need to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, he—he he, from what we saw in practice in the locker room this week, I mean, he—he he does look like he's feeling much better. Um, they still have him on the injury report, and I'm sure with bruised ribs and how long ago that was, that takes some time to heal. So I'm sure he's not a hundred percent yet. But Anthony Hitchens is a tough dude. So, um, yeah, I think the week off certainly helped him in that regard. Um if he's not going to be close to 100% i mean he's going to be he's going to be good enough i mean and and anti hitchens is going to give you as much as he's got so i don't think that's a huge worry what i do think is probably just you know more interesting is how the chiefs do end up going you know using utilizing their linebackers in more of a matchup um you know hitchens it, it, I, i'm not sure at this point who their best cover inside linebacker is it might be dorian o'daniel and I think it is. And if that's the case, and, and I and I think the Chiefs, you know, I look, the Chiefs also lean on experience. So I, I think that there's a pretty good chance that you might end up just seeing Daniel Sorensen be the kind of guy that ends up shadowing a Todd Gurley. But how they utilize those guys, how many guys that they end up playing in the box, um, I think there's a lot of questions there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they spend a, a predominant you know portion of the game, maybe in a, a dime look where you do have an extra linebacker, an extra safety out there. And I think Hitchens is going to be the guy that's probably out there 100% of the time. Raglan might be, you know, the guy that kind of comes off when they need to go to substitutions and everything. But uh, I, to me, I, that's a really interesting, you know, part of the matchup is how they're going to, you know, how they're going to attack Todd Gurley and how they're going to do a patrol the middle of the field. I think the
0: matchup is going to be the biggest point of the conversation. So we'll take our first break here, folks, and then we'll talk about some of these specifics. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com.
2: You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Go lay down some cash and win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why we're urging you to to make your way to my bookie you win they pay they have in-game live betting the most rewarding player perks in the business and for you fantasy guys out there you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game go join my bookie now and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar use promo code locked on 25 to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus you play, you win, you get paid
3: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So I like where you were going, and really – I'm interested because I feel kind of the opposite. If I'm this coaching staff, the number one thing that I'm worried about is Todd Gurley, whether it's running or receiving. So I would like to see them come out in more base. Am I just dreaming here, or is it just that Bob has tendencies he likes to stay in dime?
1: Well, I, I just get the sense that a lot of times when they do have matchups like this, that they, they do tend to go to, you know, more of a dime look. Um, and you're right. I mean, I, I think it makes a lot more sense to, to probably have a third defensive lineman up front. You have your four backers and, and that's the look that you go for to try and stop the run. But remember, you know, this is a fast guy and I'm not sure that, you know, they've, they've got the speed that they're comfortable with, especially what we've seen this year. I don't think they've proven that they got the speed in the middle. Uh, to be able to defend that. I mean, I think they're going to have to go with numbers. And, you know, I, I think you may just have to live with the idea that, hey, Todd Gurley is going to get past the line of scrimmage from time to time. The key is making sure that's a five-yard run and not a 75-yard run or a 58-yard run. I mean, you just got to be able to contain him. And coming out of the backfield as a passer, once again, I mean, that's that's not going to do you too much if you got three guys up front. You've got to have somebody on the back end that can defend him. So I just feel like that a lot of times when the chiefs go into, and I don't want to call it necessarily panic mode, But when they get, you know, their backs kind of against the wall defensively, it seems like they they're more likely to go away from the base to me and go into some of these sub packages. And they've got, I think they've got more options there. I mean, more choices of what they like to do. They certainly seem, you know, Sutton certainly seems comfortable with that dime look with the third safety, bringing an extra person into the box and having it be more on the back end than the front end.
2: Well, you look at this defense and you look at that offense and. It is not a matchup that you're gonna like as a Chiefs on the Rams, although you have to look at it and also say that, you know, Seth pointed this out over the weekend on Twitter that the Rams' two worst scoring games were games that they did not have Cooper Cup. And he's obviously not playing this week. I think that's a huge loss for them. I'm not gonna say it's going to make them uh into a offense that isn't going to be able to score points. But I do think it has a big effect on them um, because their next wide receiver, maybe they're going to get Farrah Cooper in uh, this week, but I still don't think he's going to be as valuable as Cooper Cup was to them. So I do think that that's going to be a key. Um, Where do you see Kansas City flipping this over and trying to really attack on the offensive side?
1: Well, I, I once again, I mean, on the, for Kansas City on the offensive side, it comes back to Sammy Watkins and kind of the same thing that you're talking about with Cooper Cup. I mean, you know, these are, are two kind of similar, you know, players in, in their respective offenses and, and without them. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it definitely impacts how this offense works and it's, it's efficiencies. Um, I, I go back to the fact that I think we talked about this last week, you know, the, the worst of the chiefs offense has looked this year has been when Sammy Watkins hasn't been on the field. And I don't think it's necessarily specifically to Sammy Watkins. I think you could say that about any of their playmakers, but the Rams are the same way. I mean, you take away one element and suddenly that the offense is maybe not the offense that can score 35 points a game. Maybe it's more of a 26, 27 points, you know, kind of an offense per game. Um, but, you know, if I, if I'm the Chiefs, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, there's an emotional part of it but and everything, but I think you, I think you attack Marcus Peters. I think that's the way you go. I mean, you look at the numbers, you look at the year that he's having, um, he's struggling, whether it's the injury, whether it's something else, whether it's just the, the defense, whatever it is, you go with the weak part of the, of a defense and, and even with the emotions of the game. And I think that Peters is probably going to, you know, obviously be, he's going to be trying to give his best performance, but the chiefs know his weaknesses. They do. I mean, I think they can exploit that and good grief. I think everybody's going to be keeping an eye out for the first time that Kareem hunt goes on an outside zone run is running right at Marcus. Peters well, I what also happens.
2: have to ask real quick. Don't you think that maybe one of the ways to attack this Rams team is to attack right at their strength at the middle of their defensive line and use that against them? Uh, because that is one thing that if they can get them to where they have to at least think for half a second, that is so valuable with, you know, Sue and Donald in the middle of their D.
1: Well, you're right. It is. And, and we have actually – we've absolutely seen Andy Reid do that in the past where, you know, there's there's a team that maybe you can't run against and all he decides to do is run straight at him. So I think that there's a possibility to that. I mean, it would certainly allow them to control the tempo of the game. You've got the running backs to be able to do that. Um, you know, you can, you can keep those guys, rotate them through, keep them fresh. And do some things there, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised, to me at all, if they 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 do that. I mean, I I don't know if this you know, Rams defense, especially with the ability that they have to bring pressure, and what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, especially last week with you know Mahomes taking pressure from a team, you you, you don't you can't necessarily count on that ability to for those downplay the downfield plays to develop. I mean, maybe they're going to present themselves like the Chiefs found themselves, you know, on a favorable situation at the beginning of the game last week when they were able to go to Hill Deep early. But when you get pressure and the like, the Rams can can bring you. You've got to go to the you know the quicker, shorter passing game, and obviously the benefit that you get with Mahomes is that it's not the same you know quick passing game that you had with an Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes can get the ball out to the sidelines faster. He can do a lot of other things. He can get the ball a little bit deeper but to me yeah i mean i th- i think you're going to end up you know really attacking the edges of the field over the middle those are the places where i think that the Chiefs can make plays against this defense
0: i'm looking at really that defensive line and trying obviously the the premier talent is Aaron Donald but I'm trying to figure out the best way for them. And, and I keep coming back to this, that A, getting the ball out quickly in the first quarter in terms of the passing game, but also trying attack at them. Uh, I want to see them use the fullback a little bit more. I know this is a Imagine that to me, but, uh, also we're all but stunned. I, think, I know, right? Yeah. Hold your breath, folks. Um, but honestly, looking at the way that they, the Seahawks treated them uh, and were able to get rushing yardage, it, it was a lot of stuff that, um, Plays into what the Chiefs are able to do. Quick down blocks, some some combos on Donald in particular, and take your chances with the other guys. But running at the teeth of them, running at them, uh, is that something you think that this team's willing to do, or are they just going to stay away from it?
1: I mean, I think, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to put it past Andy Reid and did not do it because he, he's had a history of trying that in the past. I, I think the only real difficulty is that, you know, with the Chiefs offensive line and the shape that it's in, with some of the young guys they've got and the way that they're built, I, it's just such a tough thing to do. I mean, I don't think that we have seen a lot of run, you know, a lot of room to run between the tackles in the last few weeks, even all season, uh, but especially, you know, with the injuries that they've had. So to me, that's the only real drawback is that you've got to be, you know, not just fundamentally strong, but you've got to, you've got to be schematically, you know, doing some things that to, try and utilize yes their weak their weaknesses but you know recognize your own i mean it's you know the the chiefs are not as strong up uh, you know on that offensive line right now as they've been in the past so and they're they are a zone run team so you know most of their most effective runs are to the outside and if that's if that's how you attack this defense and you try and get those defensive ends you know, moving laterally, yeah, that's probably more effective. You know, it keeps them from being able to get the push up the middle and you know running straight well, I have to
2: also wonder if they're going to try to attack him in the screen game because uh, I do think that that's one area that both Spencer Ware and Cream Hunt excel in. And I think the offensive line is great getting out in space. Obviously, their center, Austin Ryder, is not going to be uh, Mitch Morse out in space, but he can still get out there at least a little bit. And then at least if you can get the screen game, screen game going, you have to make Aaron Donald and Dominick and Sue uh, and at least think about that uh, a little bit more. So I think that helps as well. Uh, attacking on the outside and attacking with Kelsey, I think is also going to be key because if you can attack the middle of the defense, because uh, I don't think their safeties are great. I think they're okay, but I don't think uh, they're going to be able to shut down Travis Kelsey. I think he could also be a key cog in this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and, I mean, the true weakness of the the Rams obviously is over the middle. I mean, their 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 linebackers are nothing to brag about. Um, You can create a lot of mismatches with this with this offense, and you know that's why I mean, if they get Sammy Watkins, that's that's to me a critical piece because Watkins is so effective over the middle, just you know, just past the line of scrimmage, working. Kelsey can do that too, but good grief, having them both in there, you know, is a real yeah. I mean, that's a real mismatch. But if you can get, you know, hey, you know, look at what some of the things that the Saints did. Um, to me, that's the best comparison. You you get, you know, your speed on the outside, you, know, you get them going over the middle. Just get them the ball in space. They will make those linebackers miss, and then it's a it's a foot race. And so that there's there's big possibilities there. And you're right about the screen game. I mean, and and the way the reason why that I think the Chiefs are able to you know a, a, you know make that play still more effective even with the substitutions on the offensive line is just that they're. As a group, they're just so good at it. I mean, they, they work at it. They work at it from training camp on. It's a key part of the game, and they've got not just the back that can pull it off, but you know they've got the guys on the edges. Uh, they've got the receivers well, the that can wider pull it receivers off. Are, so The wide receivers that makes are willing it so to walk, effective.
0: And that's huge too. Exactly. exactly. Well, that's a good spot. Let's take our second break. We'll come back, and we're going to talk about what we think is going to go on.
3: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Okay, the muddy portion of the show, fellas. All this goes into, you know, the the greatest show on turf, whatever you want to call this particular game. And I agree with you, Matt. I think it is going to be a high-scoring game. But as it unfolds, how do you see it?
1: Well, you know, if hey, if Sammy Watkins is not out there, I do think that you know what we've seen consistently with the Chiefs is that they do take some time to to get into the flow of things. So it wouldn't be surprised to me if. Hey, we know they're going to score in the first drive. Yeah, they'll still do that. Let's give them, a, you know, at least a field goal or a touchdown that first drive. Um, but it, hey, it might take them a little while to get into a real good rhythm past that, you know, that first part of the script. So that'll be on the lookout for. But I just don't think with the way these two teams match up against each other, it is such a mismatch offense versus defense on both sides. Um, the Chiefs to me have an advantage in the sense that I think that their defense is trending in the right direction. And the Rams are not. Um, the Rams seem to be getting worse as the season goes on. Um, you know that that debacle last week in, in Seattle just about that turned almost turned ugly. Um, they struggled. Um, you know, I think on both sides of the football. I mean, against a team that uh, I think the Rams are. I mean, the, the Seahawks are a decent team, but they're a five hundred team for a reason. And you know that was that, and it got emotional. And this is the, a kind of game that's the same kind of way. I mean, the Rams can't lose their composure the way that they did against the Seahawks and have it work out for them. And and this is a game that could get that way. I mean, because the Chiefs aren't going to back down from anybody. So, you know, one, you know, you, you hope that that's not what happens. You hope that, that these two teams, as good as they are, that that they they keep it professional, keep it clean, and it doesn't get ugly. But I think these I think these offenses are gonna find a way to score. Uh we know that the Rams are gonna be without Cooper Cup and I I think that's going to affect them. So maybe they won't be as efficient. I mean, maybe that really will be the, the key to this game. But I I from the beginning I said I'm going forty two, thirty nine. It was just a matter of choosing which team was gonna win. I think the Chiefs are gonna pull this out. Oh, I like it.
0: I know Chris won't hey, do that. I've been going the first disco. the past couple of weeks, um. so don't even give me that. <laughs> uh I I took some flack uh from my video, my pregame video this week because I still in my head have Mark Barron as a safety, but you're right. I think those uh linebackers are their weak spot, and between that and the cup absence, I, I think this this team does take a, a bit of a step back from what they've been. I I am looking for a game where the Chiefs have uh, a goal in sight. And I feel like this season, maybe more than most, Andy Reid's been able to keep his team focused on the long-term goal. Uh, and I think this is going to show up today. So I see it still as a high-scoring game, but I think the offenses end up being about average because of the defenses they're they're pacing. But I do have the Chiefs winning 35-31. So you're going over 70 points. Matt's obviously going over 80 points.
2: Uh, obviously, we all think that the over-under set 63 is awfully low. Um, I, you know, you look at this game for me and you, it's really hard not to think that this is going to come down. This isn't going to come down to who has the ball last, um, Offensively speaking, Kansas City has been very good uh, starting the game. Defensively speaking, they've usually been pretty good, but I don't know if that, that sticks this week. Um, Kansas City hasn't given up that many points uh, on their first drive this season, uh, so they've been able to get out to a quick start. It would be huge if they were able to stop the Rams' offense the first series. I just don't see that happening, uh, especially when you look at last week and they let the Cardinals score a touchdown on the first drive. Um, I think Kansas City finds a way to win this game at the, at the very end. Uh, if Sammy Watkins plays, I think it's a huge thing. Even if he's not 100% healthy and he's not able to, uh, be extremely effective, I think he's effective enough, uh, to pull stuff into the middle of the field and keep people off Tyree Kill, uh, and open up stuff for Travis Kelsey as well. Um, I do think Chris Conley is going to have a little bit bigger game than we expect just because, uh, if Watkins plays, I don't think he's going to be 100% like we've said. Um, I'm gonna go Kansas City 38, uh, Los Angeles 31. Yeah, it, it really it really took me a second oh, to think a about this. I almost said St. Louis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, Folks, make sure you're checking out everything that's going on at ChiefsDigest.com. Our uh, predictions, as well as a host of others that Chris gathers every week, are up there now. All of Matt's work. Check out RGR Football for mine. And uh, we hope you enjoy this game. I'm going to have a blast. We will be live uh, post-pressers and all that. We'll get a recording done, so you'll have it by the next morning. And uh, I'll be live on YouTube that evening right after the game. So enjoy yourselves. Get ready for Red Monday. And we'll talk to you next time. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on Lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.